What up, what up, what up? Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the ISC Bengals Show. My name is Chris Asbrock, and I am your host today. And as always, ISC is presented to you by Dark Hawk Nutrition. Dark Hawk Nutrition is the next evolution in sports supplements. Their pre-workout, protein, creatine, and other products are produced in FDA-approved facilities, third-party tested for quality, and are guaranteed clean. Make sure you use code IMPACT for 15% off of your entire selection at darkhawknutrition.com. That is code IMPACT for 15% off of your entire selection at darkhawknutrition.com. So again, make sure you support our friends over at Dark Hawk. And uh, like I said, you make sure you use the code IMPACT for 15% off of your order. Well, we are back to discuss some positivity in Bengal land here as the Cincinnati Bengals get off the schneid and get a nice mark in the W column as they move to one and two on the season with a 1916 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. And I can say one thing, it was a beautiful night for football at Paul Brown Stadium. Oh, just kidding. Paycor Stadium, formerly known as Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, like I said, a gorgeous night. Uh, the whiteout, uh, there's you know the white tiger night, ring of honor night as well, for you know for everybody there. Again, just a just a perfect night overall, and one that you know just was oozing positivity, along with questions. There were so many questions regarding Joe Burrow and his leg. And what we are going to be seeing from it, uh, if we are going to be, you know, what what were we going to experience with Joe Burrow? Now, obviously, in week one against Cleveland Browns was rough. It was just a gong show, you know, up and down. Uh, the defense did not have a good game, or they've had better games, let's put it that way. Uh, defense was, you know... They were under it a little bit. Offense looked absolutely atrocious. Uh, but again, that was due to Joe Burrow and the fact that, you know, his calf, uh, his calf injury was a lot worse than what, you know, I think it was seemingly believed as we were going into it. Um, it was obviously bothering him. Uh, so the play calling was very vanilla due to that, along with the weather itself. Uh, but last week you had the Baltimore game where Joe did, he did re-aggravate the injury uh, late in the game. Uh, but overall, he was, you know, Joe was, he has not been himself uh, so far. And so that was one thing we were all intrigued uh, to see how it was going to play out with, you know, with this game tonight. And we saw, you know, and it was an interesting, it was an interesting game. Uh, from the Bengals in terms of, you know, of offense and their play calling. Now, a lot of people have been very frustrated with the play calling from Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan with this offense. But people have to remember, again, I've said it numerous times that uh, they have done the play calling. All the play calling has been with Joe Burrow's calf injury in mind. So he simply cannot chuck the ball downfield like we're used to. So you've seen a lot of dinking and dunking, and that's what it was all last night. He did take well, maybe one or two shots downfield. I can't remember. Um, but overall, you know, this was a 
a great job by Joe. Uh, you know, they were getting the ball out of his hand quick, as always, especially when you have Aaron Donald on the other side defensively, who, let's face it, we all know Aaron Donald and what he provides. Aaron Donald is a menace defensively, and he is one of the greatest um, defensive linemen uh, of our generation. And, you know, it's, I mean, the dude's going to get his, and that's what you have to expect. Obviously, you know, not to bring it up, but the Super Bowl, uh, we saw Aaron Donald take over, you know, in that game. And the crazy part is if the Bengals had that same offensive line that they do, you know, now, the Bengals run that Super Bowl. They run it. I mean, and and there's there's no chance that the you know that the uh, that the Rams even you know you know that they they don't win that game. Plain and simple, they don't win that game if the Bengals have this current offensive line that they do right now. So, you know, hindsight twenty twenty. Obviously, you know it is what it is, but you know, it sucks. But here we are. Um, but we, you know, with that being the case, like I said. Um, you know, this was it was it was an intriguing game. You know, it was one that, you know, as you look at, you know, the way it all played out. You know, Joe Burrow ends up chucking the ball forty nine times. Now, if you would have told me going into this game that Joe Burrow would have thrown the ball forty nine times, I would have been like, "You are out of your mind." I would have expected uh, them to run the ball. A lot more than what they did. Um, They had, you know, they had utilized Joe Mixon uh, for 19 carries. Uh, He got 65 yards, uh, 3.4 average per carry. Uh, He did have the the touchdown. Uh, But overall, again, you know, Bengals offense did a really good job of moving the ball and taking what the defense was giving them. Now, Looking at the second half of last week with the Baltimore Ravens, you know, in in that game and how that played out, the defense did not look good that game. We've expected so much more from this Bengals defense, and we just simply haven't gotten it so far. Well, that changed last night. We expected, I think, a lot more from this Bengals offense. You started to see it in the second half of last week against Baltimore. That continued over to last night. Now it started off pretty slow in terms of point-wise, but the first drive, the Bengals did drive it down and, you know, were unable to capitalize. Uh, Let me pull that first drive. uh, Let's see, it was an eight-play, 43-yard drive. Oh, wait, no, that was – just kidding. A nine-play, thirty-seven-yard drive uh, by the Bengals. Uh, they, you know, captured two first downs. It was a drive that went three minutes and thirty-four seconds, but it, you know, ultimately resulted in the fifty-six-yard missed field goal by uh, Evan McPherson. But you know, Bengals get the ball first. You know, they go. Like I said, nine plays, thirty-seven yards, and again, it was just nothing you know, over the top, anything like that. It was just taking what the defense was giving them and, you know, utilizing what, you know, like I said, what that, what the defense, what the Rams defense, you know, was, was giving them. And and they did a good job of that. 
So looking at this Bengals offense and Joe Burrow, now going into the game, I was one I did not want him to play. I am one that uh, if you, you – you've got to be smart about it, especially with a franchise quarterback like, like Joe – Simply cannot, you know, look at, you know, affecting your your investment there. That's what my main concern was with this team and these games coming up. I was, you know, I was all for sitting Joe through the bye week, through the San Francisco game. Because going in the bye week, if you can get it at two and four, you know, two and five because I think you know we would we would ultimately lose that game against the San Francisco 49ers coming out of the bye week that sets you two and five. You know, I think this team with a healthy Joe Burrow, if Joe can, you know, sit that entire time and come back. I mean, to me that 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 would be a good scenario in terms of letting Joe get healthy. Now, this is an injury that is going to bother him. It's going to affect him the entire season. I spoke with a former uh, college football player um, actually yesterday, and he had kind of suffered the same thing, and he was stating that it was it's an injury that, you know, after a couple of weeks, he'd be okay to get back out there but it was one that you were going to feel all season until you completely were off of it and rested it like that. And that's, you know, that's the reality we're living in. So, you know, it kind of confirmed everything. And that was after hearing that Joe Burrow was, you know, looking to, you know, to play last night. So, like I said, going into it, I was not for it. I wanted him to sit. I figured that you could still win the game with Jake Browning as your quarterback. And I was a little surprised that that was not the case. I was surprised that, you know, they were going to have Joe uh, play. Obviously, Joe's going to want to play. Joe's a competitor. Joe is one of the top quarterbacks. He's the best quarterback, and I've said it numerous times, he's the best quarterback in football. Not the best player. That, that you know, will go to Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, a player like that is not going to want to sit out. Especially after seeing Baltimore lose to the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday in overtime. That put them at 2-1. and one. A victory puts you at 1-2. and two. You're a game behind everyone in the division. Hey, you know, that's another chance that was given to you by the Baltimore Ravens. So, you know, that's tough, you know, right there when you are wanting to, you know, really, you know, push forward, you know, and and be smart about it with your franchise, you know, with the highest paid, you know, quarterback in, in football, which, you know, now is, you know, given to Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, it is what it is. But, Getting back to that, I was a little apprehensive uh, because you knew with Joe, you knew what you were going to get. He wasn't going to be able to push the ball down the field. He was going to, you know, a lot of the dink and dunk. 
and it worked out spectacularly last night. <clears throat> so this team, again, did a very good job of utilizing that, the running game with Joe Mixon, who I'm going to talk about here in just a minute. Overall, everything like that has been nothing short of – it's been perfect so far of how they've how they've gone about it. Fans don't like it, and I don't care because they don't understand it. Fans think of the Cincinnati Bengals offense as the one that's chucking it downfield and everything like that. The long bombs to T and to, and to, and to Jamar. We're past that right now. That is out the window in 2023. Until we get a full 100% Joe Burrow to where he can trust that cap and push off and, and, and fire a deep ball. Other than that, we ain't getting that. So get used to it. You have to expect, you know, what we saw on Monday night against the Rams is what this offense is going to look like. Now, you could see that the the Rams were playing two high safeties, uh, which allowed it very easy for the Bengals to, you know, go with, you know, the, the short passes and everything like that, utilizing Jamar Chase, who ended up with 12 receptions uh, and everything like that. So with that being the case, you know, I was talking to a couple of the guys who, you know, sit behind us at the game, you know, seeing them go to the two high safety, they were just, they were going to let you go, you know, and do that all game long. It was one of those things to where you could see that if they were going to switch it up and do the single safety up top, I was I firmly believe the Bengals were going to test them deep then. But it looks like, you know, there was a couple long throws that Joe had tried to make to where when he's going to and trying to fire, and there was one he threw out of bounds. It was like five yards outside, you know, of what Jamar was looking for. Jamar had a step or two or three on the on the corner. And the ball went four yards out of bounds, not even close to Jamar. And it looked like when Joe threw that, it was all arm. There was no lower body that went into that. And that's how his, his passes are really looking. It's all arm that he's, he's – it's all 100% arm. And there's no you know, push off the leg or anything like that. That's, that's how it's appearing to me, uh, you know, at this point in time. So, you know, that's, you know, that's tough. Uh, because, again, just simply not trusting, you know, not trusting that leg. And I, and I, I get it. I understand. Um, but, you know, the way the Bengals had, you know, have gone so far. I mean, their, their drives, you know, this game, you know, they had a drive, let's see, nine. Then they had a three and out. Then they had a 12-play drive that ended up in a field goal. Six-play four play, three play. Those were three straight punts. And then a six play, 26 yard uh, that ended up in a field goal. And then you had the 10 play, 75 yard drive to start off the, you know, their first drive of the second half. Like I said, 10 plays, 75 yards uh, culminate in the Joe Mixon uh, 14 yard touchdown run. And then six plays, 45 yards uh, culminated in a field goal. Then you had the 10 play, 35 yard drive. Uh, that ended up in the the interception, um, which was no fault of Joe on that one. 
that was just one hell of a play by Witherspoon to make that play. That's all that was. Sometimes the defense just makes a great play, and it is what it is. And you know what? It is what it is. Um, and then four plays, three plays, and three plays. So, you know, overall the Bengals, you know, they had over 12 more minutes of time of possession compared to the Los Angeles Rams. The Bengals had more time of possession in every quarter but the third quarter. It was a six-second difference. It was virtually – no, it was a four-second difference. I'm sorry, I was looking at it wrong there. Bengals had over almost over six minutes in the first quarter, almost two minutes in the second quarter, almost a little over four minutes in the fourth quarter, and literally they had four seconds less than what the Rams had in the third quarter. So the Bengals with 36 minutes of time of possession compared to only 24 for the Rams. I, I mean, this was, you know, the perfect recipe for the Cincinnati Bengals. They utilized Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon, what we saw last year, was not Joe. It could have been Joe, but it was a declining Joe. One that some of us were fully prepared to say, hey, it's time to move on from Joe Mixon. I was part of that. I'm okay with bringing him back, but it had to have been at a discounted price because simply the production wasn't there. His production was not justifying what his contract was coming in. The reworked contract, perfect. And Joe has been nothing short of fantastic so far this year. I couldn't be any happier for Joe Mixon and what he's done for us so far. And this was another game that, you know, again, he only had 19 rushes for 65 yards. But those, he was finishing his runs. You know, it was seemed like the Joe Mixon of old. He was running hard. That's the Joe Mixon we, you know, we love to see there. And you complement that with Joe Burrow going 26 of 49 for 259, along of 43, which is a beautiful play, uh, beautiful pass to Jamar Chase. Uh, Joe did have one interception. He did not have a touchdown pass. He was sacked twice uh, for 17 yards. But, you know, again, it is what it is. Aaron Donald was one of those. I, I mean, it's, you know, again, sometimes you just have to tip your cap because, again, the, you know, some of these guys are, you know, you know they're going to eat. And that's, that's how it was. And Aaron Donald, you know, he ate. And I'm okay with that. It is what it is. But, you know, out of Joe Burrow's 26 completions, again, 26 completions for 49 yards to nine different targets. Eight different receivers caught a pass. Trevion Williams was the only one that didn't catch a pass. But eight receivers caught passes from Joe Burrow yesterday out of those 26. 
Jamar Chase hauling in the majority of those, targeted 15 times, hauled in 12 for 141 yards. Tyler Boyd targeted nine times, hauled in five. Uh, Tanner Hudson, uh, four targets, two receptions for 30 yards. T. Higgins did not have a <laughs> a particularly good day. T. Higgins uh, targeted eight times, only had two receptions, had multiple drops. Uh, very uncharacteristic game from T. Higgins, uh, one that we certainly did not expect. Uh, and it, you know, one that you just, you know, maybe it was just, you know, you're going to chalk it up as a bad game. And that's what it all, you know, it's very well what it could have been. Just a bad game from T. And one that you just say, okay. But he looked awful. I mean, he was brutal. Um, so not what you would expect from T. Higgins, uh, especially after he had such a great game last week. You know, again, it is what it is. Uh, but the tight ends definitely stepped up. Mitchell Wilcox and Tanner Hudson uh, filling in admirably. Um, even Drew Sample ended up with the catch, but Wilcox and Hudson filling in for Irv Smith, who has been less than stellar so far this year. Um, one that, uh, you know, certainly it's been a disappointment through uh, the first three weeks so far. But, you know, this has been a a really good job here by the offense, like I said, who started last, you know, the second half of last week really started to kind of click a little bit. Uh, again, they, they're they not doing the, you know, chucking it down the field, you know, anything like that. You know, just that's, you know, again, that's we're past that right now at this point in time. So, you know, with that being the case, like I said, the offense really started to pick it up, you know, at – you know, towards, I would say, the, you know, definitely the second half again this week. But before then, it just, you know, they were still moving the ball. Uh, they did go through the lull where, you know, it ended up being it was a situation where you were just literally, you know, it was punt, 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 you know, three straight. I want to say it was like three straight, three and outs, something is what it was, I think I said earlier. Uh, you know, so with that being the case, it was just not um, – not what we expected from, you know, the team. We had some uncharacteristic penalties, um, two straight false starts, you know, stuff like that, where it's just very out of rhythm. Uh, again, very uncharacteristic for the team. Not what we expected at all. But, you know, they obviously overcame that. They got the lead. And then once they got the lead, it was, it was one where they were going to, you know, really – Tee off on the on the Rams and you know Matt Stafford, um, you know statistically, you know he had it pretty rough. And Matt Stafford's a quarterback that you know just like any other quarterback, if you give him time, he's going to pick you apart. Matt Stafford, uh, the rejuvenation that he received, you know when he got traded over to LA, um, you know from Detroit, you know he he. He did a a great job, you know, when, you know, when given time, did a great job of, of handling, you know, the situation. 
that was very few and far between those chances were, you know, in this game. Especially when the Bengals offense gave them the lead. It allows that defense to pin their ears back and really take it to them. And they made Matt Stafford's life a living hell last night. Stafford did go 18 of 33 for 269 yards. He did have the one touchdown to Tutu Atwell. But other than that, I mean, he had the the 46-yard, you know, pass to Van Jefferson. He was sacked six times and threw two interceptions. So, again, 18 of 33, 269 yards, a touchdown, two picks, quarterback rating of 66.4, and he was sacked six times for 48 yards. And I tell you what, like I said, this defense made his life hell. Trey Hendrickson, two sacks. Dax Hill, a sack. Sam Hubbard, a sack. B.J. Hill, a sack. D.J. Reeder, a sack. And I want to say Trey had two more sacks that were negated by penalties. That's crazy. But again, they had made his life hell. That was the, you know, the crazy part. Because that first sack was, you know, after, you know, Atwell, he re, he caught a pass, and this was in the first quarter. It was the first drive from the, you know, from the Rams after the Bengals missed the Evan McPherson, you know, missed the, the field goal. 56-yarder, no good. He hooked it. Rams get the ball, a couple plays, you know, they're in the end zone. I want to say it was like four plays in, they were in the end zone, but it was uh, it was reviewed, called back, that Tutu Atwell had stepped out of bounds at the two-yard line. Next play, DJ Reader plows through the line, nine-yard loss on the sack. And then just right after that, it was like nothing really was getting going for, you know, for them. It was it was tough. It was tough sledding for, you know, for Matt Stafford. Again, they couldn't they couldn't get anything going. So, you know, you, you hold them there defensively to a field goal, and then you get the drive, and then you end up punting. And then you end up holding them, you know, defensively back to a three and out. But overall, this team, like I said, they did a good job of, you know, letting the defense, you know, really, and this was Lou Anarumo doing a really good job, you know, calling this game because once that once the Bengals really got the lead their first lead of the season it was on 
But even before then, the defense kept this team in the game. Now, if this defense had showed up the first two games of the year, the Bengals have a chance in each one of those. Especially the Baltimore game last week. If this defense shows up against Baltimore, Bengals, I think, win that game. That's how good this defense was. But overall, allowing your team to stay in it is the recipe for success, especially coming up and what the Bengals schedule looks like coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Logan Wilson, great game. Two interceptions. I mean, Logan Wilson showed why he deserved that extension. Logan Wilson is a crucial, crucial member to this Bengals defense, and he showed why. Overall, the play from this Bengals defense was fantastic. Dax Hill, dude is coming into his own here. As a Bengals fan, you've got to be excited for what we're seeing. Dax Hill, a second-year player. Has looked really good so far at safety. See, this is where I wish Nick was on the was able to be on the show tonight, because uh, he had a really good point about you know Nick Scott uh, and what you know what you could be expecting from him, um, especially you know at the end of the year. Uh, like I said, I wish he would have been on tonight to uh, you know to discuss that, but. Um, this Bengals defense is really going to put them in a position, especially, like I said, over these next couple of weeks to be in some games. And that's all you can ask for right now. Because, again, the offense is not what we are used to seeing from a Cincinnati Bengals offense. Despite the fact that Joe Burrow's got, you know, he's his calf is not a hundred is not a hundred percent, you know. Despite that being the case, still he has, you know, he did an admirable job. And I even tweeted out, and I think it was right. I want to say it was right at halftime about looking at taking Joe out, and I fully eat my words on that. I said it's time to, you know, it's time to really consider taking out Joe and putting in Jake Browning 2.0, JFB 2.0. Because, you know, I state that, you know, as I'm watching Joe and he's not making the long throws when his guys are getting open and everything like that. And, you know, it was, you know, it was there, you know, some of those were there for the taking. And, you know, you had to, you know, you had to at least consider it. 
that was in my mind. I did notice Joe with a with a very slight limp at one point, and that was I want to say it was in the second quarter. I even mentioned I said, "Yeah, he's still walking with a little hitch in his giddy up, but nothing detrimental like we had seen, you know, previously last week. You know, not not any stretch of the imagination on that part, but." still something you can notice. And again, that's where my head was going to where, you know, it might be worth putting in Jake Browning to, you know, really look at, you know, protecting Joe, you know, moving forward. And Joe went out there and told me to, to, uh, to shove it. And I respect it. It's good, you know, good on him. Because he... I mean, he he played a solid game for what he was. Dude gutted it out. Was an inspiration to all of the other, you know, all the other players on that team. I mean, their leader was out there doing that. Good on him. Like I said, good on him for making me uh, eat it. Good on him for making me eat it. I totally deserved it. But looking forward right now with where this team is, you've got some very, very, very winnable games. If this is the Joe Burrow that we're going to get, and this is the defense we're going to get, Realistically, you're looking at a four and two record going into the bye week. Four and two going into the bye week. That would be huge. Now, reports did come out saying I, I did hear today that Joe Burrow's leg was sore, uh, was really sore. Uh, that's to be expected. But, you know, right now, I mean, you get the the complimentary play from the defense and the offense and special teams, especially with, you know, uh, with Evan McPherson. You know, this is a recipe for success for this Bengals football team. With the Bengals, next three opponents being the Tennessee Titans coming up this week, Arizona Cardinals the following week, and then the Seattle Seahawks. This team is in a – they're in a good spot. They are in a good spot. Those are three very, very winnable games. Three very, very winnable games. Tennessee was handled by the Cleveland Browns. Arizona 
Arizona's a pain in the ass. But they don't scare me. This Bengals team is better than them. The Bengals are better than Tennessee. And then to finish up going into the bye week, the Bengals are better than Tennessee. Or the Seattle, I mean. The Bengals are better than all three of these teams coming up. If you can get Joe Burrow to be... If we get Joe Burrow, the same Joe Burrow that we got last night with this defense, again, very, very, very realistic possibility we see this Bengals team going into the bye week at 4-2, and two, which would be incredible. I mean, there's so much complimentary play. Like I said, with everybody, special teams-wise, you know what you're getting from Evan McPherson. Yes, he missed the 56-yarder. I get it. It is what it is. He's not going to make everything. Yes, it was a make. It was a it it was a makeable field goal. It would have been good from 70. It looked like he crushed it. Just came through it too much, and ended up hooking it. But still, that is the, that's the piece of, you know, the extra piece that this team gets with Evan McPherson. Yeah, he was four for five yesterday on field goals. Four for five. His only miss was from 56 yards, which really isn't a gimme. But if you think about it, we are very – we're spoiled because we've seen Evan make him from 50, 60. Like, it's just – that's normal from him. We tend to take it for granted. So you add that in there along with Charlie Jones, Chuck Sizzle. Returning punt. He had four returns for 45 yards. Average of 11.3 per return. His longest was 19. You legit get the get the feeling that every time he fields a punt, he's going to house it. That's a feeling we haven't had in a long time. He housed one all, you know, last week. And then... Like I said, every time he gets it, it feels like he's going to do it again. That's crazy. Now, Brad Robbins, on the flip side of that, the punting game has been pretty bad. Brad Robbins has not been very good for the Bengals. It's been a rough go for Brad Robbins. But, you know, he wasn't, he didn't kill him in this game. He didn't help, 
but he didn't kill him. But you don't want to have that, you know, that risk hanging out there. Robbins punted five times for 211 yards, average of 42.2. His longest was 46. Uh, he did have one inside the 20. Uh, he had a net of 41.6 yards. That's got to improve. You know, we were blessed with Kevin Huber, a guy who could flip the field position and the snap of a finger. And, you know, you're not getting that with Brad Robbins. You're getting the hang time from Brad Robbins, but that's it. That's not flipping the field position, which is what we need. So that's what has to change with this team. You know, when it comes to it, Robbins has to get it straightened out. So, if you can get that, along with every, you know, again, that's just one part of the, you know, of the team. But if you get everyone playing perfect, this team's nobody stopping this team. And we've seen it before. But what we saw last night against the Los Angeles Rams was a game that gave hope to us all as we are moving forward in a pretty rough time. I mean, this was, you know, you don't want to say it was a must win three games into the season because so much can happen. But it was a must win. They had to come away with a victory. You you could not fall to 0-3. You just couldn't. Luckily, they avoided that with a solid game in one of the best atmospheres that I have seen and witnessed in a long, long time in that stadium. Which also brings up the Ring of Honor stuff. Congrats to Chad Johnson and Boomer Siason for joining the Ring of Honor last night. I'm lucky enough that I saw both of them play. I remember Boomer and I, I mean, people who know me, I have a Boomer jersey that I wear to, that I wear to the games. But it was cool last night seeing the players show up. You saw, well, obviously Kenny Anderson. And Kenny, if you get a chance to meet Kenny, he's unbelievable. We met Ken Anderson. Uh, I've met him before, but meeting him at the Holy Grail last night, just one of the nicest guys you're going to meet. 
you know, seeing him. Chris Collinsworth was there. Uh, Terrell Owens was there. TJ Hushmanzada was there. So Big Wit, Andrew Whitworth was there. Obviously, Willie Anderson, you know, being part of the Ring of uh, the Ring of Honor. But it was great seeing Marvin Lewis. Marvin was there. And I want to say that was the first time Marvin has been back to the stadium uh, since his departure. And good on him. And if you've heard us talk, you know, we've said, you know, myself and Nick, there needs to be a statue of Marvin Lewis outside of Paycor Stadium. Because what we're seeing right now, none of that is possible without Marvin Lewis. I'm just going to leave it at that. We'll talk about that a little more another time. But with the Ring of Honor, the Bengals do it great. They do it great. The atmosphere last night was fantastic. So props to all of the Bengals fans showing out all the white. Saw very, very little Rams fans there. So that was cool to see. Just the sea of white. Very cool. Very, very cool. So, again, as we move forward here, this coming weekend against the Tennessee Titans, again, optimism now. We're going to see how Joe, you know, how Joe, you know, recovers and everything like that. Personally, Joe shouldn't even remotely practice at all until the end. Until the end of the week. Maybe a walkthrough and that's it. If you're ready for game time, rest that calf. I mean, that's how that should play out. We don't need Joe to practice. Rest that calf. Rest that calf. But again, the optimism is there as we move forward. And if we get this complete game like we got last night, and I say complete with the Bengals offense because – it was about as complete as you're going to get for what is available. They got it done. Wasn't pretty. But, man, it got the job done and got them their first W of the year. So, that's going to wrap it up here. For this episode of the ISC Bengal Show. Again, I am Chris Asbrock, and thank you guys again so much for tuning in each week. Uh, as myself, uh, at least myself, and uh, Nick Samino, uh, whatever he can, we discuss, you know, obviously each week and the, the Bengals games that we, you know, that we experience uh, week in and week out. So uh, make sure you guys stay tuned as we will be back next week to discuss. The Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, make sure you check out YouTube. I'm hoping to get these on YouTube as well. Um, I'm going to try and start getting that content up there. Uh, I'm also going to post um, some of the video highlights um, from, you know, these games here. I, you know, I get, you know, get some pretty cool video along with, uh, I've got some really cool videos of the flyovers and everything like that. 
those are going to be posted on the the um, ISC YouTube page. So make sure you check out YouTube.com. Make sure you subscribe. YouTube.com slash ISCincy. Make sure you follow us on Twitter slash X at ISCincy and at I am Chris Asbrock and also at CincyZZ. Make sure you check out the website at www.iscincy.com as we will be having the next set of high school football top 10 rankings. It's been a couple week lull. Uh, haven't been able to get anything, any updated rankings posted. It's been hectic uh, with schedules and everything like that. So those will be coming up here later on this week as we head into the, you know, as we're past the halfway point in the high school football season. So again, make sure you check out all that stuff. And also, as always, we are brought to you by Dark Hawk Nutrition. So make sure you use code IMPACT for 15% off of your entire order at darkhawknutrition.com. Uh, like I said, go over there, give them a, a good look. They've got a lot of great stuff out, and including uh, you know their, their gear, um, a lot of really cool shirts and everything like that coming up uh, that are out there as well. So, again, as always, thank you guys so much for your support. It's truly appreciated. And have yourselves a fantastic rest of your week. And stay tuned as myself and maybe Nick Samina will be back the following week to discuss the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans from Nashville, Tennessee. So with that being the case, have yourselves a fantastic rest of the week. Take care, everybody.